Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe, or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Welcome to BBC Radio 4, where all the women are strong and all the men are good looking. Welcome to the new day on BBC Radio 4. She's clearly in pain. Oh, that's it. Run. Over you go. Times have changed. Yeah. Days gone by, a man could make a living out of a few good cows and by working hard. No chance of that nowadays. Are we ready? We are. Good, because this is Dum De Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of Midlands. I'm the jerk pork mini rib that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the sausage meat buffet bite that is... Lucy Freeman. And the most important part of our birthday spread, folks, is you. Now, today's rendition of Barrett Green is brought to you by DJ Yoda, featuring the dulcet tones of our very own Susan Ray. Now, Lucy. Mm. Yeah. Can you remind our listeners how they win the accolade of W Dumber of the Week if they've got musical talent, or even better still, if they don't? <laughs> yes, if you want to sing us a Dumpty Dum, turn a swimming pool purple, or let us know who you've rattled recently, please get in touch <laughs> via SpeakPipe on the site or ring 0203 Thank you to Harriet at Shambridge for her amazing voices and lovely Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Um, thanks also to Derek for the loan in the back bedroom. Derek is disgusted at the FIFA fraud story. He's actually mm. had first-hand experience of Sepp Blatter, but thankfully the antibiotics cleared it right up. <laughs> oh, it's a proper carry-on down at FIFA, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Um, right. <laughs> this week, we've got calls from Felicity, who wants... A shout out to continuity. Uh, Witherspoon, who wants to know why Pip won't defend her father. Sean Geraghty, who thinks that Pip is a slut. Now, the thing is about Mr. Geraghty, I always think he sounds a little bit close to the edge. <laughs> well, <laughs> but no, that was a jo- He was joking. When he oh, said oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yokel Bear, who thinks that Artie Cardboard is a bit limp. 
Bly Spirit, who thinks the Grundies are taking the mickey, Goddess Diva, who thought that Tony the Sheepdog had weed in the pool, and Mrs. Bajant, oh, my favourite, <laughs> Minoue One Girl, who likes Caroline, saying, Glastonbury. But first, <laughs> before that, Juicy Loose. Yes. Why don't you whack us with one of your wondrous monologues? week in Ambridge was brought to you by Banter and Farce, Felpersham solicitors to the local landed gentry. Linda is still mourning Scruff. If only I could have laid him to rest, she said. Linda, enough now. Think of it as a burial at sea. Let's move on, shall we? Chop, <laughs> chop. Robert suggested a memorial in the garden. I should imagine the circular yellow patches on the lawn will be a fairly constant reminder, to be honest. Uh, we had another episode of Carry On Up the Country House Hotel when Eddie decided to throw open the doors of Joe's room for Baggy's birthday party or La Fête de Baggy as Linda would no doubt call it. Joe pretended to have spotted two car thieves in the Gay Grables car park who were Norwegian judging by the accent he was doing to impersonate them. Harassment Carpet Burns is on the case of Auntie Cardboard's burglary, which he persists in calling it. He's promised to keep a casual eye out for her jewellery while he concentrates on his fingertip search for Fallon's bunting. There was a hilarious interlude in a hayfield with some pork pie and an egg. That was very, very amusing. Mm. That was followed by a startling announcement from Jill that she'd quite often ridden on top, which made Ed look at her in a different light. <laughs> and then we had a bit of coy nudge, nudge, wink, wink from David Ruth about Ben's conception on top of the hay cart or the itchy and scratchy search show, as it is also referred to. Kate's quite low at the moment, said Jenny Darling, and Brian managed to restrain himself from pointing out that it made a change from her being quite high which is her normal state. <laughs> Heather Pep's accent went into revolt and she was slumped in her chair and unresponsive, said her psychotic neighbour. By the time the ambulance men had reached Heather Pet, her speech was nearly back to normal. Really? How could they possibly tell? But then she was rushed back to hospital again. My money's on that neighbour who always seems to be around when something has gone wrong and we will no doubt discover she is actually Ursula Titchener. Adam is busy sorting the pickers out. Yes, we all remember what happened last mm. time Adam sorted the pickers out, don't we? Charlie, on behalf of Barrow Farm, uh, recruited the entire village into Open Farm Sunday. Uh, Helen gave a presentation called How I Stopped Worrying and Learned to Love Robot Cows. Uh, Susan gave a speech on symbols as she misunderstood what Charlie said. And uh, Joe gave a ferret butter demonstration and Eddie gave a one-man performance of bringing in the sheaves followed by bunging up the culvert. <laughs> One of the fair brethren went out for a quiet drink at the ball when Pip popped out from behind a beer mat and he told her he was worried about screwing himself before he'd started. I just hope he washed his hands. Not that Pip would care as she is still fully committed to her heavy-handed flirting technique which seems to consist of her breathing heavily and saying it was really nice talking to you while the fair brethren frantically invent unmissable appointments to try and shake her off. Clary was outraged about La Fête de Baggy, especially as Eddie seems obsessed with trying to sell the food he bought for the party, rather than just tipping it in the bin. Surely mm. it's marching round the corridors by itself by now, especially as Grey Gables was described as hot by Adam. I've got visions of mushroom volovans riding up and down on the lift all day, giggling. Auntie Cardboard has checked herself into Dignitas, a.k.a. the Laurels. Not even the food put her off. They were eating cod in white sauce with mash and peas, which is basically a big plate full of wallpaper paste that someone has sneezed in. 
Helen and Sausage Boy found something nasty not in the woodshed but in the van and refused to tell us what it was annoyingly. What was it? My money's on Jazza's copy of Big Knockers at 90 featuring Jill riding on top. <laughs> Pip was momentarily diverted from stalking the fair brethren by the prospect of her new job giving cows Brazilians before embarking on the treasure hunt. Toby drove off with Kate but sadly avoided a fatal crash. Pip drove along with the other sheepdog, Rex, who panted excitedly and stuck his head out of the window as they drove along. Kate, who is old enough to know how to flirt properly, surely did her usual half-pissed and sleepy voice to indicate that she was hot for Toby, who is mm. Boris Johnson in a barber. Toby went, rah, bloody nice girl, tipped rattle powder in the pool and turned it purple, which was hilarious and exactly the kind of bloody funny stuff that makes young, white, sporty, overprivileged English men loved and respected the world over. So, a busy week for all there, but at least now we know which frere brethren we like. Vivat Rex, and we'll leave the Regina in the swimming pool. The end. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I did th- I did actually think you'd ended. <laughs> and I, I was just, just about to go, hurrah, or something. I was going <laughs> to throw my cap up in the air. <laughs> but well oh, done. Yes. Well in done. the spirit of the fair brethren, mm. you were going to throw your cap in the air and shout, hurrah for the school. Yes. <sighs> yes. And then uh, throw purple. Now, explain what this rattling pa- rattle powder is, please, for us city folk. I, che- I explained it on the Twitters. I know, but, but not everybody that listens not, to yes. our podcast is on the Twitters. Rattle powder mm. goes, it's uh, usually a purpley reddy colour. Uh, in different parts of the country, it can be called reddle powder as well. It uh, goes in a little bag that is strapped to a ram's chest. And when the ram has rams. a when what when the ram rams, well, uh, yeah, when he has a special cuddle mm-hmm. with a lady sheep, mm. uh, then um, I think you'll find the correct term is female sheep or you. <laughs> I'm from the city, but I, I do don't know think, that. I don't think the correct term is special cuddle either. But there we go. <laughs> um, uh, uh, when a lady, when a lady sheep and a man sheep love each other very much, they have a special. Do you think cuddle. sheep really love each other? Of course they don't. Okay. Romantic love is a is a sort of sixteenth century construction anyway. It's a load of rubbish. Um. Uh. Yes. Then Do you the... honestly believe that that you can't yeah. be romantically in love with somebody? No, I've got. Well, the whole the reason it's called romance is because it's a made up thing, isn't it? That's what the word means. It's a, it's a construct. It's an artificial construct. So the feelings that you have for somebody are artificial. No, I, think, artificial. I think what they're you're real. saying, I think what you're really saying is um, love ever everlasting for somebody is an, art, is a, is an artificial construct so, uh, to the exclusion of all others. But I think you can genuinely be romantically inclined towards somebody. But you're using that word again, romantically, which is... It's a, it's a, that's a, romance is an artificial construct. But it's not, though, is it? Because you have genuine emotional feelings for someone. No, that's an emotional... That's a, that's a sexual... It's a psychosexual impulse that we term love. When they did, a, they did an experiment. We're supposed to be talking about rattle powder. They did an experiment the other um, couple of uh, years ago and they did, did a brain scan on some people who had crushes on people. Who, who were in love, you know, as we would term it, in love. And um, they then comp- uh, they compared the brain scans to other people who had mental health problems. 
And the people that were in love, the parts of their brain that lit up were pretty much exactly the same as people who had um, bipolar. Okay, I'm sure, right, that this this experiment was all ethical and they did all their double blinds and all that kind of bollocks and stuff. So I'm not going to try and pull that apart because I can't even quite think of the words to describe, um, you know, an experiment which is scientifically verifiable. However... I think to equate mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> but people who are in love are nuts, aren't they? Because you just get completely taken over by this psychosexual drive. No, some people do. Some no, people all right, do. some people. But, when, but that's how. That's what people say. And I knew it was different because I felt completely differently till it happens again. <laughs> and that's that's what it is. It's just a, it's just a psychosexual impulse to go out and get pregnant. Really? For some women. Because I don't want to go out and get pregnant. <laughs> good bloody job. You've got enough to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I You'd think... You'd be no good with your swollen ankles. Really. <laughs> your nursing bra. You look ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to go, go away this week and I'm going to come back with some deeper thoughts as to whether you can actually be romantically or just in love with somebody because I actually think you can be but I'm going to uh, yeah of course I'm not disputing that you can of course Mm. you can be in love with somebody so what you're saying I think what you're saying is this is what I this is what I'm hearing is that the notion that we pair off with somebody for life because of romantic love is a 16th century construct with that I have no argument but, monogamy well no but to say that marriage through the uh, whole existence of humanity uh, was is being put was uh, constructed or, or let's say the glue which is supposed to bind a marriage together other than children was romantic love is a fairly recent construct mm. 16th century 17th whatever it's fairly yeah, recent I look- have I, I have no argument with that but to say that it does not exist no i'm not, I'm so not sure. saying it doesn't exist i'm saying our definition we've created love as a separate thing when a neanderthal man or whatever didn't look at each other and 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 think well she's got lovely eyes or i really like her smile they just thought yes she looks like she'll have strong children the end and the rest of it is a completely artificial construct that we put on top of it and we've bound it all up with all kinds of things. Again, I, I would say that's not quite the whole story because if I am that uh, Neanderthal man, right? Maybe Neanderthal. Yeah, you know what? This this is all to do with us uh, living much longer after after our after our children have grown up. Because you can construct an argument that says, well, uh, you've got nice eyes. Which, or you've got, you know, a strong pair of hips, which means that you can give birth, but also that you're of robust health. I find that attractive. Okay, so I want to have children with you. And then what keeps us together is the children. But when the children then go, we need something else, don't we? Mm. And it's more than just shared experience, because I've got shared experience with other people as well. My, my wider family, other people in the tribe, etc., etc. It's deep affection. And I appreciate that some people called lust love, and then people, some people called deep affection love. And the two things are all shared experience, 
uh, love and the three things uh, can be quite different but I think you can neatly put a ring around all of them and call it romantic love and I wouldn't have a problem with that good <laughs> Right. Anyway, this is the type of thing that TWTW in the United States said they absolutely hated from me. He wrote us a review. So there well, you go, TW. Well, I'm doing it as well, so they must hate <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I'm, I, uh, they must hate me as well then, because I've just done it with you. So there we go. Well, anyway, anyway. Um, I think now that we've had our, our little moment. Now, hang on, we still haven't said what bloody rettle powder is yet. Oh, sorry. God, crumbs. Yes, because that was actually a serious about, point. Yeah, well, yes. it's not terribly serious. But anyway. So, no, it totally so, is, because basically, I didn't know the, until you said on the, on the Twitter. Is, is, is having a special cuddle with the lady, mm-hmm. uh, you then the uh, rattle powder comes off the ram's chest and uh, of this little bag thing. And onto mm-hmm. the back of the ewe, and then the farmer can tell uh, which ewes are pregnant, mm. which have been served. Now, here's a question for us city people. So generally, there's only one ram in a kind of flock of sheep, or whatever mm-hmm. the heck they're called, yeah? Otherwise, the rams would spend their whole time fighting each other. Yes, and... yes, yes, yeah. yes. But do the male rams then mount their own daughters? Um... No, because the lambs are taken away, aren't they? To make Sunday lunch. Mm. What about cows? Similar thing with the bulls. <laughs> serious uh, point, serious point here. I don't... I don't know about... I don't know about that because... No, no because they would... Oh. No, you bring in a bull from outside... You bring in a different bull. So, and how long does it take for a calf to get to maturity? Oh, blimey. 18 months, I think. Oh, God, we're going to get lots of people. All right. Okay, we we need help with this. We We need one of our agricultural Because there's all different terms for for cows at different stages, Mm -hmm. like horses, how old they are and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it, it's something which occurred to me uh, a month or two back um, when I thought, well, there's one bull in a field and he's having mm. his way and mm. they're going to have calves. And yeah, well, then, you know, how do we know that he's not doing his daughters and his granddaughters? They don't because they have to keep that separate because otherwise it would breed weakness. Into absolutely. The no, no, no. I, I, mm. Absolutely. But um, so I think that's why when when Tony's talking about a bull, they take the bull around to different farms and they use him to cover other cows mm. but you know i would like that process kind of properly explained to me so if you okay. if you know this if you have this kind of knowledge in your locker so to speak could you call in next week or at least uh, uh send us uh, an email an electronic yes. mail and that'd be great yes but that's fascinating i didn't know anything about this rattle powder and that i just found that you know I don't even just love the archers for its uh, dramatic, um, the dramatic points it puts in my life, but also for the educational uh, flourishes <laughs> it also gives my life. And then, then you just like finish it off, Lucy. It's just great, smashing, because you're a country person. That's all great, and that's the reason why we're just the wondrous partnership that we are. Yes. Good. Now, phone <laughs> lines. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Felicity. Can I just 
give a word of praise to the continuity announcers. I know that it's not strictly archers, and I do realise that people who listen to the podcasts may not hear the continuity announcements, but they just really are so good, and I think they just need some credit. Um, Examples we've got, on on another forum, um, we've got a thread about the continuity and trails, and going back through them, they are so funny. Um, For example, when Kate was being particularly annoying um, just before the episode, the continuity announcer said, set your teeth to grating, Kate is on fine form. And the, the reason this has all come to mind was after this evening's episode, when Heather Pett has had a stroke and David and Ruth are, uh, are faffing around saying, you know, should I drive up north now? You know, I've only just had three hours sleep and there's the cows to milk and the cake to bake or whatever. And then we get the, the music at the end and Alan Smith said, I think it was Alan Smith, here's a solution, David, or words to that effect. Why not sell the farm and move north? Thank you very much for doing Dumpty Dum. It's lovely. It's become an unmissable part of my week. Felicity praises the continuity announcers. Um, uh, Susan, Susan Ray, our our Susan, is uh, very good. She just gets in patient with her and just goes, Oh, Helen. I've <laughs> done quite a few. Oh, Helen. Um, with a sort of a grim despair, a grim Scottish despair, she does. Mm-hmm. Dundonian um, despair. Yes. Uh, Alan Smith is quite chippy, isn't he? He's quite, I mean, in a good way, he's quite sarky. <laughs> <laughs> don't go down what? the chippy route. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't mean nasty chippy. I mean, he's sarky. That's a better, mm. better word about, about what's happened. Um, yes, but I do like, and I always look for when it ends on a, you know, Will we actually get a proper cliffhanger or not? Looks like I will have time for that other cup of coffee. Um, then I always sort of carry on listening to see what the... Well, Susan, that was blah, 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 you know. Mm. To see how they catch up. It is it is good, yes. And they are... Do, and, and uh, you know, they do listen as well. Yes. Which is nice, I think. I think they're underrated, those continuity yes. people on Radio Definitely. 4. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings from Witherspoon and Angus Haggis to Lucy Royfield and all the Dumpty Dummers around the world. Sorry we weren't able to call in last week, but I was celebrating my 36th college reunion and Angus was relaxing at home. Princeton reunions are like none other in the world. A four-day bacchanalia of orange and black, even better than Loxfest. I've been running on a half-empty tank since, so please forgive if my voice doesn't have its usual timbre. And the major topic of my discussion today is not so coincidentally, voices. Not the voices in my patients' heads, but the ones that confuse us these days on the archers. I too wish that those deep masculine voices, and I include Pip Archer in that lot, were more distinct from each other. But one new character who does have a unique sound is PC Burns. On May 27th, after a handsome husband and I listened to the 9 a.m. Eastern Time repeat of the previous day's broadcast, we were tuned into the drama of the week called Sung. Husband said that this play, which starred Jane Horrocks, was written by James Cartwright, who wrote the play and then film adaptation Little Voice. I said, wow, the co-star sounds familiar. Give me a minute. It could be P.C. Burns. I quickly did some research and discovered that the co-star of Sung 
Jim Cartwright, was indeed our P.C. Burns. Therefore, actor Jim Cartwright must be the writer James Cartwright's son. So it's no surprise that the son of the scribe of Little Voice has a distinct voice of his own. On to events of the week. I'll be brief. Kenton Archer, another character who needs to be on my couch, continues to project his own self-hatred onto his little brother. And once again, one of my pet peeves. Does no one in this town ever confront each other? Well, Kenton does, but inappropriately so. I speak of Pip. Did you catch the exchange or lack thereof when she was at the pub on Tuesday for the quiz? In response to something Pip said, Kenton replied, Well, at least you're a straight arrow, Pip. Show some pack backbone, Pip, and defend your father's honor. Tell your uncle to stop bad-mouthing him and to take a hike. More Pip musings. I just listened to Friday's episode and poor Granny Heather has taken a significant turn for the worse. We've expected this for the past year. Will this change Pip's plan of world exploration and domination? And will romance bloom between her and the serious fair brethren, Rex? At least we've learned to differentiate the brethren. One likes to jump into purple pools and the other doesn't. That's all I have for this week as our time is up. Cue the music. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. He reckons uh, that Kenton's projecting self-hatred onto David, which is a very interesting hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And I think he's right, because I am sensing more and more and more kind of buried fury in Kenton, because he has hit, like I whinged on about at huge boring length the other week, he has reached that kind of what happens when the laughter stops point in his life where you can't be jack the lad when you're over 45 you've got to actually you know man up uh and he's not very good at doing that um and he's married a woman who is good at kicking him into shape but she's also very loyal and she doesn't want particularly to force him to look at his shortcomings uh because she wants to support him and she wants to sort of uh, show her solidarity with him even though actually I think she's showing him slightly too much solidarity and at some point she needs to say no get over yourself you know mm. and accept help move on we've all done we've all made mistakes including you Kenton so let's you know forgive David and and, and, and move on and, and let's all work together to, to sort this out because people are trying to help us instead of just indulging him in this stupid stubborn well, you, no, I don't want your help, actually. I don't want your help. I want to be hauling along a, you know, broken leg behind me. Actually, it's fine. It's stupid. Mm. I, I I, kind of almost wholeheartedly ag- agree with you there. Um, and But when it comes down to, if Witherspoon says it's, it's self-loathing, you know, far be it yeah. from, from me or us to disagree with a proper yeah. psychotherapist. Um but for me, the really telling thing was what he said um, when he still thought he was going to have the money and he was going to give the money to Fal- give Fallon some money. And he said, I'm going to be the man I always wanted to be. Mm. That, yes, there is some kind of self-loathing in that maybe yeah. thinks he's an idiot. But it, he's, his dream has been ripped away. Him yeah. as um, an all-round nice guy yeah. Yeah. and benefactor, philanthropist. Yeah. 
you know here is somebody who everybody loves because he does need to be loved who's got largesse financial largesse and that's been ripped away now i don't Mm. know if that necessarily means that he hates himself but he just sees that that dream has been ripped away from him and kenton is very much a dreamer and dare i say yeah. it, you know in that respect I, I i completely understand where where he's coming from yeah you know that you know that kind of empire building and then and he went off sailing around the world and you know so as far as he's concerned he's seen the world he knows how he knows how people work but in and of himself he's unfulfilled Mm. And he came so close to being, um, if not an actual kind of millionaire, at least kind of somebody of a lot of money. Mm. And and he could be the man he always thought he was going to be. Yeah. And that's yeah. been ripped away. That dream has just been pissed yeah. off from, from a great height. And then to furiously keep up appearances, he's um, not admitting uh, the extent of the financial problems. Yeah. And he's prepared... Uh, to have another gamble which is yeah. an, a very entrepreneurial it's a case of keep up appearances but let's kind of um have one great big gamble because actually it will be all right and i'll get through this and i'll get through that and and dare i say it you know um anybody who's kind of set up businesses uh, kind of ad nauseum who's entrepreneurial um will have uh, will see a lot of themselves in kenton and and, and, and dare i say i kind of do you know in in, in mm. so many ways so as I said, you know, if Witherspoon says it's self-loathing, well, I'm not going to argue with him. But I don't necessarily see that. I just see it's a dream, you know, snatched away from him at the last moment. Yeah. And uh, Witherspoon said, why did why does Pitt not defend him? Because Kenton keeps making sideswipes at David mm-hmm. in front of Pip, and she doesn't say anything. But I think, you know, Pip's very young and... She, she, he, she? Is, I thought she was forty-five. Well, <laughs> <laughs> was it languid mm. Um she, She's she's between you know she's got her father and her uncle, both of whom are sort of authority figures, even though Kenton is a bit of a Peter Pan, you know. Um, mm. And she probably wouldn't want to get in between both of them, really. No, she's not quite old enough, really, no. to weigh in yet, is she? You know, no. she's only just finished university, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I do like the way Witherspoon is now cueing his own music, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it is Gemma Bear here, and I'm a first-time caller in to talk about the show. I'm going to talk about Kenton and David. They just fight too much, and I don't like it. I think the brothers should be brothers and happy rainbows unicorns, and I just think they can get over it. Uh, me and my sisters and brother, we, we bicker, we annoy each other, we tackle each other to the ground, but we all love each other. And I just think it would be more fun if they got along and a better storyline if they had like a big reunion and a happiness. <laughs> anyway, that's all. Thank you. Bye. Jembe, I think it would be more fun if Kenton tackled David to the ground as you say that uh, your sisters and brother tackle each other to the ground. Mm. It would certainly be more direct than all the passive aggression that is going on at the minute. Uh, and they pr- it probably will come to that, won't it? It will probably come to... Because Ken- every time they, they, they meet up, I think Kenton is actually going to lamp David. Um, and I think that would probably clear the air and they could all crack on, really, because this is getting a bit drawn mm. out now, this endless sulking. Can't mm. bear sulking. Look. Hi, it's Sean here. First time caller in a row, I'm on Twitter at Cedarmuster. I'm slowly getting used to all the new characters like Barry and Vince and Pimply Ralph, the Fair Brethren and of course Pip the Slut. 
I remember when I first started listening to The Archers that characters like Susan Carter and Linda Snell I found very hard work, but now I love them and I think they're the stalwarts of the programme. And it's always fantastic to see Susan sell all the principles down the river when she's got the slightest prospect of any social climbing. I was a little confused this week, however, by Adam saying that now, with Rob joining the Ambridge Cricket Club, that he and Rob would be batting for the same team. Maybe over the years I've been a little confused by Adam's sexual tendencies, but I always believed that he bats for the other team. I'm very confused, but it was a very amusing line from Adam. Well done, the archers. Move along, nothing to see here. I, c- I don't think we can even describe Susan as a social climber. She's a social mountaineer. She is the <laughs> Ranulf Fines of, uh, <laughs> of, of aspirational class movement. Um, she has social crampons and Underwood's Kentle Mint Cake. And I don't think she's going to stop, really, until she's at the Hunt Ball sitting next to Lord Netherborn. I can't really, you know, it's just, it, the, the, the limit, there is no limit for, for Susan in where she thinks she could get away with getting. And I loved, I agree with him, I loved listening to her being flattered by Charlie and, uh, mm. you know, and saying, oh, no, I'll come in and talk about Simba, 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 whatever it was, <laughs> and all that. When's the last time Lord Netherborn got a mention? Well, he's normally only mentioned to to give sort of um, to be a bit of a credibility brick to Caroline Bone's um, upper class uh, background, isn't he? Mm. Uh, so that's the only time he gets sort of wheeled out. And he's occasionally mentioned by uh, the Aldridges when they're talking about it. And of course, Lord Medlebourne will be there, as long as me- with along with Mercedes Goodman. Oh, yes, I've forgotten <laughs> all about her. <laughs> and and when's the last time you know, Clary... I can, I can see Mercedes Goodman probably clearer than I can see Clary, and she's never said a word. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Clary, when's the last time that Clary went to Merriwell? Oh, yes. Exactly. God, yeah. Well, she has been a bit busy, hasn't she? What with wedding? Are we and... still twinned with them? I think we should need to have a dum de dum yeah. outing to Merriwell. <gasps> we could do a booze cruise to Merriwell. <laughs> <laughs> We're so classy. <laughs> I think they I haven't mentioned because it was every other flipping week Eggs. somebody or other was going was... to Merriwell or playing ball or or at least every year because they were, tw- yeah, they were yeah, twinned yeah. with them. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I really think we should organise a dum de dum outing to somewhere random in France and just call it Merrowell. And <laughs> wouldn't that be great fun? It would. They'd be astonished. It'd be like, be like that Welsh community in Patagonia. Who is Clarie Grundy? We could go and see Jacqueline Berthaud. This is all coming together. This is a plan. Yes. This is now a thing. Jacqueline, we're coming to stay. There'll be about between 40 and 50 of us. <laughs> <laughs> but I really think we should do this. I really do. It would be a whole load of fun. It would be a whole load of fun. Yes. And a whole load of organisation. Is it Sanguan where she's from? Yes. Well, Sanguan is now Merriwell. It's okay. now twinned with with yeah. uh, And she's with head of the twinning committee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go, Jacqueline. So, um, more God. details on this to come, folks, when that Can new website goes up. Can we then go and see Vicky up. Cole in Kenya? <laughs> <laughs> you do the short haul, I'll do the long haul. <laughs> oh, yes. I've got fancy Kenya. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blood Spirit Calling. 
Firstly, Royfield, what you were saying about Roots last week really brought it back for me because I believe we're of a similar age and I remember it very well um, as being landmark television. It was incredibly important and it was definitely appointment television. You're completely right. Uh, people would stay in to watch it. They would come home to watch it. They would talk about it the next day. And as a social document, it's, it's highly significant, I believe, because if I remember rightly, this is the first epic television series that address black history in any way. You will know more about this than I do, but I believe that to be the case. So yes, really, really good to be reminded of that. And um, you'll be pleased to know that my parents, um, who are still stuck in the analogue age, have roots on video. It's on their shelf, which I think is pretty cool. So, okay, The Week in Ambridge. Well, firstly, the Grundies. Now, I was happy with the ferret story. It was amusing to have little furry creatures running around Grey Gables and causing all sorts of havoc. But now Eddie really is starting to take the mick. He's disrespecting Caroline's hospitality. And quite frankly, if he carries on like this, they are going to be back in Keeper's Cottage knee deep in mud because Caroline will have thrown them out. And quite justifiably so. I feel very ticked off with him. He's going too far and it's gone beyond a joke. It's not funny anymore. Okay, so Christine, <sighs> terribly sad what's happening to her and it's very obvious that the whole flood and her home being affected has triggered some kind of psychological crisis. However, Christine get a ruddy grip. She does not need to go to the laurels. She's not infirm. She's in full possession of her faculties. She doesn't need full-time care. And the whole concept that someone would come and visit her all the time in this, in this place where people are in a far more uh, vulnerable state is just not only inappropriate, but highly ridiculous. I mean, she just doesn't need to go there. And Peggy is quite right to try and tell her to, you know, sort herself out, really. So Christine, go back home or sell your cottage, move somewhere else, but don't go to the laurels. Get a ruddy grip. Apart from that, all's well uh, here at Blood Spirit HQ. I hope all's well with you. Uh-huh. Grundies are taking the mickey. Yeah, she's right. But the Grundies have gone through, in my mind anyway, the Grundies have gone through a bit of um, a... What's the surprise? A personality change, Royfield. Goodness, who saw that coming? Um, In that, actually, they're, they're now reverting to type. Because exactly. for a while... I don't know if it's personality... Well, okay, go on. No, but, but for a while, they had a bit of a personality crisis in that they were all being very good... And Eddie was being very... I mean, Eddie is kind. He's a kind person. Um, but there was no... Nobody was doing anything dodgy. There were no little, oh, Eddie, tricks going on. You know, it was all very kind of uh, straight. And it was all yeomans of the land malarkey. Um, but now, you know, they're in a position where there is stuff to be had. And they're having it, quite frankly. So, um, you know, there is this nonsense about the... Uh, La Fête de Baggy taking place in the hotel room and Joe taking the mickey with the with the um, uh, breakfasts and the you know wearing all the clothes from the the clothing bank and all that sort of stuff so it is that kind of being given something for nothing being grateful and then trying to work out how you can get an awful lot more of it which is kind of what's what's happening well but that 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 is original that's them isn't it exactly but it's not them it's not Clary it's Eddie and Joe yeah it's someone's got more than us, therefore they won't miss it. Mm, well, they always were comic foils, weren't they? Yeah. You know, they were the the. Well, they're the Shakespearean in a Shakespearean comedy. There's always, you know, there's the all ha 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 the posh ones, and then mm. there's the 
the yokel characters that are the sort of you know crass jokes and kind of um trying to trick people out of money all the time and and the grundies are sort of classic shakespearean clowns in that sort of sense Mm. and so as as you've just said really they're just they're just reverted back to type really and and arguably um it's like the fair brothers coming back at least uh yeah the fair brother family coming back Mm. because they've never been in it and uh carol uh, and mr boggan coming back yeah. it's a case of let's spin this back yeah so and let's reassemble the old characters and, mm-hmm. and shake the, it and uh, the old families kind of exactly yeah. now do you know what do you know I, I read something today jane mm. austen said all you needed to write fiction was four families in a village what she's written something new Shut up, you fool. She said, all you need to write fiction is four families in a village. And okay. that's what The Archers is. So mm. not only is it Shakespearean, it's Austinian as well. Oh, smashing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you'd be pleased. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yokel Bear. Can we do Yokel Bear now? Why not? Hello, Dumb Stomach Yokel Bear here, calling from a town west of Reading, but east of Bristol. Great week this week, I thought. Um, the Grundy party was an absolute joy. Loved every minute of that. Um, the, it's, you know, it's just typical Grundies, isn't it, really? Seeing what they can get away with, seeing what they can make some money out of. I love the whole mini little story of Eddie making up stuff for Vince, the estate agent. Um... But then being found out by Lillian, that kind of... I really love that conversation between that kind of conspiratorial kind of... Yeah, I found you out, but I understand you. Yeah, so I loved that. I thought that was great. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was a great week. Yeah, really enjoyed it. So that's what I've really got to say. Yeah, I completely agree. I loved, loved, loved the scene between Eddie and Lillian when Eddie kind of sheepishly fessed up to having made up a load of bollocks about being a property magnet to um, that that uh, ridiculous um, estate, est- agent. estate agent-y mm. person. Um, I really, really love the relationship between Eddie and Lillian. Mm. They have al- they've always been friends, and that's partly because Lillian has never, ever forgotten who she really is. Peggy and Jenny, darling, like to kind of look down on the Grundies and forget that they you know, grew up in the pub with an alcoholic. Um, But Lillian knows. Lillian doesn't pretend to be anything other than she is. She's around the same age as Eddie and Jolene. To a certain extent, they all sort of grew up together. Eddie, and they all, they're all play acting, all three of them. Eddie's, uh, Eddie tells Fibs to kind of cover his ass. Lillian, you know, does all the darling business, but then that all slips when she does her dirty laugh and she has a fag and everything else. And, you know, Jolene was the Lily of Leighton Cross, you know, Doreen Rogers. Um, they've, they've all got this kind of veneer of... of... Uh, kind... Not dodginess, but kind... A little bit of fr- play acting. play Yeah, playing. Those three characters play more than anyone else. Eddie, Lillian and, and Jolene. But... Jolene, she takes herself slightly more seriously than Lillian and Eddie do. But I I think it's lovely just when Lillian's kind of going, yeah, so what have you been telling him then? And Eddie goes, well, yeah, and then sort of, you know, Mm. gives in and tells her exactly what he's done. And and, and she doesn't say, why the hell did you do that? 
she knows why he did it just because why not you know it's fun and that's just lovely 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 scene that was Mm, no it was it was and again just harking back to the previous call um this is um eddie grundy of old yeah yeah absolutely just see what happens if i do this sort of thing yeah uh and auntie cardboard going a bit limp wanting to move into the laurels ridiculous there's nothing wrong with her she shouldn't take up a place in the laurels that somebody who really needs it should have for god's sake she's got enough money she could have a private carer or something if that's what she's worried about she could have a live-in lodger you know cool blimey she's going to this I, a bit, bit I, much I, now the, my initial reaction was to completely agree and for the most part, I do. But I understand that, you know, at least I can empathise with somebody feeling vulnerable. You know, here is a woman who's on her own. Yes, she's yeah, got sure. Jim as a bit of a pal, but she's on her own. Her place has been flooded and then she's been burgled. And she just feels vulnerable. Now, mm. I'm a 46-year-old bloke and whatever. If my place got flooded and I got burgled, I'd be pissed off. But I wouldn't, th- I wouldn't be ready to put myself in an old people's home. But that's because I'm 46. She's considerably mm. older. So mm. I understand why she might go slightly OTT from our perspective and go, that's yeah. it, my life's over, I'm weak, I'm yeah. defenceless, blah, blah, blah. Put me in an old people's home, I want to I, I die. I, I do understand. I do too, but it's a hell of a jump, isn't it? From saying, I, you know... I had a fulfilled life in my home with friends and activities and everything else. There's been no change in her health whatsoever, apart from sort yeah, but, but, but of but feeling it's a depressed. mental it's a mental state. Yeah. She now feels vulnerable. And interestingly, you know, you said she's had a fulfilled life. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. And Christine is all. We were never listening to this when Christine was actually 
a full character in the archers no, no you know 30 years ago she was already on the periphery because she's not yeah. a farmer and she didn't have kids no so she's in a matriarch you know no. so you know she again, did have didn't i thought they did have children well if they did um they're nowhere near ambridge now are they no hmm i can't remember i'm sure they did but but but, e- but, e- e- but either you know if she's just been washed out of house and home yeah. Why is it that it's her niece, it's Shula, who's helping Auntie Christine? Why isn't why isn't her son or daughter yeah. come back from wherever? So yeah. I'm guessing that she hasn't got any, because I've never heard of any, and she's always been this weird periphery character. Which again, yeah. if you again thinking about this new regime in the Archers, they're keeping her around for the older listeners who actually remember her being young and being Phil's brother and you know uh, etc. Phil's oh god. Sister. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And they're keeping around, you know, so... That, was, that wouldn't make... I remember if because she was Phil's, Phil's brother, sister. we'd have remembered her. <laughs> Listen, we all this uh, <laughs> Kathleen Jenner stuff, it could well be. I was going to say, it won't be long, will it? We haven't had a transsexual yet. Yet. Better take that out. Peter Johnson is her son. Oh. Travels a lot as the administrator of an orchestra. And how... Mm. Well... well... But he's he, not a very good son then, is he? Yeah, he's a terrible son. And, and I think really it just goes to really reinforce the, the, what I'm saying, that yes, we all look at it, we go, come on, you know, nothing wrong with you, snap out of it, woman. But she feels isolated. She has yeah. this son, she hasn't seen him in God knows how many years. He's never, he never texts, he never emails, he never sends her a postcard or anything for all his travelling around with the orchestra. So she's on her own. Yeah. You know? Poor old Auntie Cardboard. Well, I still All wish she'd gotten no name. You, you, you've, you've done a 180. I have a complete done. I've done a complete vault of us. But it's just, I think it's too drastic. And uh, uh, Peggy's trying to stop her. Well, actually, no, to be fair, Peggy's the only one who knows that she's made this ridiculous plan to move mm. into the laurels. But you might as well get your bath chair out, hadn't you? But, you know, <laughs> she's. Mm. it's kind of... Well, it is like checking yourself into Dignitas. I can't mm. really... No one comes out of the laurels, do they? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's a one-way street. <laughs> right. Mm. Enough of that depressing... <sighs> Goddess diva. Can Kate I just... The... Just before we completely yes. move on, uh, because Chia's asked on the Twitters why she called Auntie Cardboard. Now, I think I know, but I don't... I, don't well, quite feel I confident. don't know. All I know is Louise, mm. who my friend Louise, who was at my birthday thing that you were at, mm. she called her Auntie Cardboard on Twitter, and it just made me cry laughing because it seemed to suit her so much. But I didn't know why she was calling her Auntie Cardboard. And about a year later, I said to her, Louise, "Why do we call her Auntie Cardboard?" And she said, "I've got no idea." <laughs> I thought that somebody... Is it Christine Barford? So, I don't know. I thought, well, I thought I heard somebody once say it's because she was a dreadful actor, which I thought was harsh. I don't know, I and, don't think and, so. And, and that she couldn't really emote or anything, hence she was like cardboard. Cardboard. But, but which I always thought was incredibly harsh. Yeah, I think it's harsh. And I don't think that's why Louise calls her it. But oh, I don't okay. know why she does right. call her it. Well, then scratch that from your craniums, everybody. That's not yeah. the reason why. We don't know. <laughs> 
But we're going to carry on anyway. We don't know why we do most things, but it doesn't stop us. Hello, Dumpty Dum. Goddess Diva here. Slightly more compass mentis after two weeks of kittens, but off my tits on painkillers due to a crochet-related injury to my shoulder. This week, I have to say that the thing that made me laugh the most about the archers has got to be Kate. Kate and the fair brother brother. Seriously, when they said that the swimming pool had turned purple, I, I honestly thought he'd pissed in it. And what is he doing with rattle powder? Why does he have it? He's not a sheep farmer. Oh, so many questions. Maybe he wanted to um, have Kate walk around with it on her back after a while. Who knows? But it was very, very, very amusing. Um, um, what else going on? Pip's buggering off, which is great, but I reckon she's going to end up going with a fair brother, brother bun in the oven. Um, and I don't think it's going to be the fair brother, brother we thought. Um, I think it's going to be Rex. So right, I am off. It is work tomorrow and I need to prepare to, no, not refer to Yokel Bear as Sir. Because though he may be more higher grade than me, he's not in my management chain. Nor he will be. Nor will I be practicing kicking him in the danglers because that's just mean. But I will be going on a run at six o'clock in the morning because I'm obviously deranged. Well, love the podcast. Brilliant listening to you last week. And Royfield, you want to dance off? You're on, mate. But you best bring your A game. Goddess Diva out. Goddess Diva, Kate and the Fair Brethren. Yes, I thought that, you know, there's always those stories that parents tell their children. If you wee in the swimming pool, it will go bright red and everyone Mm -hmm. will be able to see. I thought that's what toby the sheepdog had done he jumped in the pool and weeded <laughs> it and it had turned it all purple yeah. i don't know why the hell he had reddle powder rattle powder in his in the pocket of what though because as someone said he, there's no pocket in swimming trunks so he had it in his hand he did it deliberately it's like chucking potassium into water in it when it goes all purpley and yeah. bubbly he's a silly ass though isn't he but at least now we know which one of them we like I suppose. Well, That's the only good we thing. know which one's an arse and then which one's boring. Slightly less of an arse. Yeah. Well, There's a boring arse and a lecherous arse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm, oh, that thing with Kate, you know, you just think, oh, have some dignity. She's trailing around. Toby, has anyone seen Toby? And you think, <laughs> oh, so you're a, <laughs> you're a twice married mother of two, you dick. Three. <laughs> Grow up. She only oh. been married once, but I, but I hear. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, do we think Pip is now actually not going to go anywhere, but he's going to stay and get married to Rex? What do we think? Mm. Well, you'd think it'd be a bit peculiar if they get a new actor to play the part of Pip, and then with it, and they give her quite a relatively meaty, give her meaty storylines. You know, yeah. she helps save the farm during the flood there was all the nonsense about going up north and she got involved etc etc now there's this potential burgeoning love interest or love triangle whatever the hell's going on and then all of a sudden nine months in the ship are off to brazil that wouldn't make any sense from a contractual do you know what i think is going to happen what do you think is going to happen here clary happen <laughs> i think heather pet is going to die and i think oh no or she's not, but she's going to be very, very ill. And War Ruthie is going to go back up to Prudder and is going to live there. And look, I can't do the accent now. And look after her. You're doing a very good job with that accent. Actually. And I think uh, Pip is going to stay and help David run the farm. 
I think that is a stunning prediction, which I'm going to wholeheartedly get behind. I think you might well have cracked that one. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Goddess Diva is up for a dance-off when you are. <laughs> well, on We that... can do it in Jacqueline Berto in the community hall that she's going to hire for us to all go to Merriwell. Mm-hmm. We can have a dance-off there. Look, we shouldn't say all this stuff lightly, and here's the reason why. Because, and I've kind of gone a bit quiet on this, and I'm a bit confused, everybody, and you're going to hear a real-life conversation between myself and my co-host. Now, I, because Mr. Witherspoon is coming to to Angleterre, uh, to London, on the 25th of uh, July, yes. thought we should have a thing, a do, a shindig. A do thing. Yay. Yes. And then I just unilaterally made that decision and yeah. then i told As you lucy <laughs> well because i thought to myself well if witherspoon's in town i know a lot of people would like to hang with him and we need to do something for our community of listeners yeah so i just went okay bang do put it up yeah. on facebook there's about did 10... you yeah yeah there's about 10 oh. people said they're gonna oh. come then i said to you oh lucy 25th of july and you're um, and you said i'm away so Mm. What are we going to do? Well, maybe not put things up on Facebook until we've checked we can both make it. How about that? But it's happened now, so I'll <laughs> never do it again. But what do we do about this situation? I don't know. How long is he here for? Like a weekend. A long oh. weekend. Well, I can't, so that's all right. You just have it without me. Well, we'll all go to New York. We could do that. So we're going to New York, we're going to Sanguan, yeah. and uh, we're, we're going to be Kenya. Busy. I'm going to have to jack in work. <sighs> well, we, we, we still need to work this one out, but I, I, I'm very sorry that potentially I could have got people excited about meeting you and then you wouldn't be there. So I think, well, if you're but not going to be there... they'll meet Witherspoon and they'll meet you. I'd be happy meeting Witherspoon and you and not me. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't think... I don't think people would be. But anyway, let, let's try and work that out. We still have a little bit of time. But people, I've said to people to be confirmed, yada, yada. And if they hear this conversation uh, and if we then decide that we need to move it or scale things down somewhat, I think people would understand. Okay. Great. Next caller. Mrs. Pentos. Hello, Mrs. Pentos here. Um, otherwise known as Catherine Vagent. This week, The Archers was brought to you by the words Glastonbury and Chauffeurs, which was completely fabulous. I thought it was very nice to hear Lillian chuckling again and being naughty. Um, I loved the bit where she was reading her, her book in the, um, in the laurels, although actually I think perhaps it was um, the mucky magazine that Jazza had left behind in the van, actually. I've been having a bit of a rotten week, so I've been feeling quite ill and fluey. And I did that thing where you don't really feel like eating very much. And after a couple of days, you realise you've got to have something, uh, but what to choose. So I turned to Ambridge for my inspiration. To my relief, it seemed to be a wall-to-wall array of tempting culinary treats this week. Um, I rejected Eddie's leftover party food because, frankly, it had been knocking around way too long already in an overstuffed, overheating minibar. 
and tempting though the sausage meat buffet bites were, I was a bit too weak to wrestle the pigs for them. Peggy Woolley seemed almost violently insistent that I should try tea, Madeira cake and a large bucket of sherry, whereas Auntie Cardboard recommended the Laurel's bland cod in bland white bland sauce, uh, which would be a gentle reintroduction to solid food. In the end, I plumped for freezing my backside off on a blasted heath, munching on Jill's gala pie with its weird extruded horizontal egg. Um, delicious it was too. And the other exciting thing that's happened to me this week is that I think I've finally worked out the difference between the fair brethren. So this is my take on it. Rex seems to be the sort of nice but dim but dull sensitive one. He's the sort of person who spends ages being quite patronising and stating the bleeding obvious. So like his little business pep talk to Pip about you know if you spend all your pocket money on a robotic milking parlour you might find that you're not actually making much of a profit on your milk thanks very much for that rex i can see that you're going to be an absolute business whiz with your geese mining operation or whatever it is you you're going to be doing and the other one obviously is toby and uh, i think he's instantly recognizable because he's a monumental ass i'm sure i've been out with someone like him before if not him himself so in my experience I can say to Kate that the best thing to do is to run very fast in the opposite direction not going to get very far with him okay thank you very much keep up the brilliant work Ms Bentos sorry uh she liked Glastonbury um yes poor Lillian reduced to ferrying her mother round and reading dodgy novels at the lounges of retirement homes uh why, why why would Eddie not just throw that party food away? I mean, I know I know I know he's trying to make a quick buck and everything, but you can't even with he's already had he's had two sets of experience of selling dodgy food. Oh, what what was that condemned? Yeah, meat? he was selling bloody kangaroo or horse or something wasn't he and then and then he was and then Clary, you know, got in trouble for the food poisoning thing and now he's selling hot in every sense of the word warm pasties or you know prawn volivons <laughs> that are by now doing hula dancing around the room and he's crammed them all into a into a hot, stuffy hotel room in a minibar madness but again and we're just repeating yeah. the themes of this po- podcast this is actually yeah. just eddie grundy referring back but to that's five. just it really thick, is though. Not even Eddie's that but stupid. He's just reverting back to type, you know, kind of used car yeah. salesman type. How can of I nonsense. make a fiver out of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yes, Miss Bentos, mm. I have also been out with someone like Toby. Uh, I think everyone has been out with someone like Toby or had a near miss. Um, and that's why everyone's immediately gone, oh, he's awful because he brings back horrible memories. Horrible, horrible, horrible memories. Was this one of your university love affairs? It was, yes. Yeah. Was it? What was his name? I didn't say because he... Well, I'm hoping he's not dead. That wouldn't be very nice. Uh, His surname, hilariously, was Horobin. Really? And his father was a colonel. And was he a rugger bugger type? He was, public school. Mm -hmm. And uh, he told me he was going to cook me dinner. And he made beans on toast. And he attempted to boil the bread. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the reason why you hate the privileged class? No, I don't hate them at all. Because you're, you're, you're such a, like, you know, working class Avenger <laughs> for somebody who's from the countryside <laughs> and who's kind of, like, quite posh. 
<laughs> was it the boiling of the bread you just thought? <laughs> These are the twats who are in charge of the country. The type of people who think you need to boil bread to make toast. Which was weird, really, because public school is all about buggery and toast, isn't it? So it's astonishing, really, that he didn't know how to. I presume I don't know whether he was any good at buggery, but I do know that he was no good at toast. But there we go. Shall I do, appropriately, Glyn Fuller Love now? His email. Go on then. Um, little, 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 uh, last week. Now, Glyn Fullerlove has been has been reading too much Thomas Hardy. He's been reading Jude the Obscure, I think. He's got very, very gloomy predictions. So brace yourself for this. Last week, Royfield suggested that Helen will find that she is pregnant after she eventually realises what Rob is really like. I have another scenario to put forward, which is that after she finally sees Rob for who he is and he is sent packing by whatever means, Helen reflects on the last few years and decides she's been trying in vain to build a perfect family. And all her actions, including conceiving Henry, have been to this end. So the breakup with Rob also damages her relationship with Henry as she questions her motives for having him and effectively starts to reject him. This may be a bit dark, but I fear it fits in well with Helen's mental history. Blimey. Turning to Alistair, Mm. he doesn't get any more cheery, can I just say? I think he is suffering from depression brought on by the stress of the flood and its effect on his practice. Yes. Far from having an affair with Shula, I think the reason for bringing Dr. Dick back to Ambridge is so that he can diagnose this in Alistair and save the Hebden-Lloyd marriage, which may be a brighter prospect than my prediction for Helen. Or not, depending on what you think of Shula Alistair. It occurred to me, if he's shouting out horse paintings... (laughs) That's not depression. He might have a tumour. He's got some kind of brain tumour, hasn't he? But it's it's a short-term memory thing, isn't it? It's it's when your brain struggles to stay in the moment because you've forgotten something and your brain gets hooked up in that loop of thinking, what is it, what is it, what's the thing I've forgotten? Which is Alzheimer's mm. and senile dementia. It's more Alzheimer's-y senile dementia. Well, it, it, well he, can't, he can't be Alzheimer's because of Jack. Yeah. Really, so he hasn't got that. But I think... and. But and if he had some kind of tumor, mm. right? That there's a whole load of yeah. things in. Then there is kind of mood swings yeah. and depression, yeah. and you know, and just acting yeah. irrationally and saying yeah. weird and wonderful things. So I, just, yeah. you know, when I read that email, I thought, mm. hmm. Then I thought, but then no Ruth had, and I went, no, no she, she didn't. Had a, I couldn't remember yeah. what exactly she Ruth had. had. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, he says to lighten the mood. I am now the proud owner of a packet of Sarah Smith cloths. So I'm officially a posher washer. <laughs> Good man. We want to see. I've, I've, I've demanded. Do, I haven't said. Do we know whether he bought them because they're now yes, sponsoring the show? Yes, that's what he says. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So I told him. I tell you what, this sponsorship is really, really paying dividends to Sarah yep. Smith, isn't it? He says, uh, I said he's got to. That's one packet sold. He said, <laughs> uh, I said, we need to see pictures. And he said he's going to take pictures of himself being a posher washer. I like Glenn for the love. <laughs> He's very sweet. <laughs> yeah, lovely yes. bloke. So, but what do you think about Helen? I don't think Helen's going to reject Henry. I don't think. I think the bond is too strong now. No, it's way too strong. You know, when it comes down to it, her whole yeah. life is, yeah. is Henry. When yeah. it comes down to it, yes, she wants a traditional family in inverted commas, and uh, she would want Henry to to have yeah. a dad. But when it comes down to it, you know, she she was she was single-minded in a determination to get ivf yep. wasn't she you know and to the you know when her father said look this is kind of bonkers you know she went, no 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 i'm doing it i'm doing it she's invested literally everything in in henry and she wouldn't give him up for any bloke i don't believe that at yeah all. yeah 
I agree. Right, that's it. Calls done. Ooh. All right, well, why don't we, um, following on from Mr. Fuller Love and his endorsement of our sponsor, why don't we have the official endorsement from our sponsor? Can we have a different advert this time? Thank yes, you. I'm going to mix them up, don't worry. Hello, I'm Sarah Smith, proud sponsor of Dumpty Dum. If you want to polish up your Albion, give your optics a wipe or even mop up after your ferrets, Sarah Smith cloths are eco-friendly, reusable and washable. And, you know, a bit posh. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Fancy getting your mouth around something warm? Something comforting you can really get a firm grip on. Why not buy a Dumpty Dum mug from the shop at dumptydum.com? Goes down lovely. Um, my name is Kate. My name's Joe. My name's Nicola. My name is Suzanne Hakimi. My name is Mary Parkinson. I'm in Hope House as a client. Um, I have had addiction issues um, throughout my life, um, um, including an eating disorder, heroin, crack, um, addiction drink, to drugs, methadone, alcohol. I'm here because it got really bad. Hope House started off as an eight-bed unit in Maida Vale, and um, we're an all-women unit. I had read an article about Hope House some months before and when I read about it what I read or what I took away from the article was that this was a place where women worked to help other women. Coming soon to iTunes, 1001 Conversations, a new podcast from Royfield Brown. And now, uh, being as we've done uh, the adverts, let's go down under have a little bit of mother and daughter time with Millie Bell and Jen Bate Archibald. Good day, everyone. It's Millie Bell and Jen Bate Archibald bringing you this week's Facebook roundups. Robin Winning in Ambridge Addicts said, one silver lining to the current Kenton Daily storyline for this American is all the great new vocabulary I'm learning. Bell end, knob end, pillock. Carol King from the David Archer Appreciation Group said, I'm getting a coach trip to Open Farm Sunday to support our David, who wants to book a seat. Places may be limited, so book now. Vandra Dyke Costello in The Archers Anonymous said, Does anyone else find it really, really weird and frankly incredible that Jennifer and Brian don't appear to be remotely bothered, worried, interested or concerned about the possibility of never seeing or hearing from their grandchildren in South Africa, not a single peep out of either of them or from any of Kate's siblings about the children, her husband, her divorce, maintenance, custody, etc. And that is the sort of thing that has meant I have not listened to the show for over a month. Nobody acts in character anymore. And by that, I mean in character, not caricature, like Kenton. Like Kate, sorry. It is as if the inhabitants of Ambridge have all become zombies. It used to feel true to life. Now just silly little vignettes which don't seem to have any bearing on each other. Gripe over, swish of skirts and slam of door. I must say, personally, I do like a good flounce. Hattie Smith from Upstairs at the Ball said, 
Thinking on Christine's decision to view the Lawrence laurels, laurels, it's not a bad idea. One bill pays everything: no housework, no building maintenance, security, no cooking, plenty of company. Even the patients are not able to interact. The nurses and career can. <laughs> the nurses and carers can. Carers can. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike most of other residents. Christine is able to still involve herself in village life. It's a win-win. Very good. <laughs> Hattie Smoothie upstairs at the ball also said, "I have a feeling there is going to be a boot bout, <laughs> not a boot bout, <laughs> <laughs> of food poisoning at Grey Gables because Eddie's leftover of Letty's leftover caused by Eddie's leftover farty food." I don't know why we paid to send you to school at all. <laughs> Hattie Smith in upstairs at the ball also said. Did anyone else's cheeks redden when Kate was talking to Toby in the car? Cringe factor ten. Jenny Judge in Archer's appreciation just joined, then left the other group. Just fancied Shufti on the advice for the group. Commentary can be fast and furious at times, but please be civil about and true real people. A lively interchange of views is a delight, but we don't want it to degenerate into a punch up in the ball. Before posting, ask yourself what would Linda Snell think. And the reason that I chose that one this week is I just think that's good advice for all of us. Before we open our mouths or before we post something, we should just check. What would Linda Snell think? Joan Sinden from the Archers Appreciation Group said, "I am the am I? am I the only one googling rattle?" Yes, <laughs> I think she is. And Charlotte Simon in Archers Appreciation said, "My sympathies are with Phoebe." Watching your mother wrestle a mostly naked man in a purple pool doesn't sound like her idea of a fun night. Paul Day from the Archers Appreciation Group said, "Ruddle is my new favourite character." Charlotte Simon from the Archers Appreciation Group said, "At creating the arches in Soho Square, listening to Jenny Murray introducing. Apparently, we're not allowed. To we are allowed. We are allowed to tweet. So I assume yes. Facebook is also permissible." So she had a few things to say while she was there. Nikki Smith had asked her to ask about Scruff, and she said, "Of course, a writer is talking at the moment. Sean O'Connor has already told us we don't want to know what is going to happen, but he is wrong on that one." She then went on to say, "The writer almost gave something away. We increased diversity. Maybe Carol, Christine, Peggy, and Jill will form that lesbian collective." Then she went on to say, "Helen is talking now. Apparently, Rob is hot stuff in bed." Nikki Smith replied, "With yikes! You don't have to tell us everything." Charlotte then said, "Now talking about when Sean O'Connor took over. Apparently, we are all sensitive to changes. Didn't stop him though. Kenton, black sheep remain black sheep," says Sean O'Connor. Apparently, it all stems from their childhood when David was the favourite son. Loving the backstories. She also said that Jill and Peggy are a living archive, and she loves that idea too. Apparently, there are things that are going that have to happen in February, and she said maybe Kate's new baby. And Charlotte Simon then went on to say. There is no hard water in Ambridge. That's a relief. I was worried about the shop running out of shampoo. She also said that、uh, Sean O'Connor doesn't like killing characters off, except dogs, obviously. And then we moved on. Karen Gray from the Archers Anonymous said, "Well, I'd rather in well, I rather enjoyed this week. Loved Eddie the millionaire. Always find Kate hilarious. Her desire to be on Phoebe's team, desperate being despite or, despite being the organ <laughs> shush despite being the organizer, brilliant. Her and Toby seem nicely matched. Like the way Pip and Rex began to enjoy the fun, especially with the extra info about the area. Closed pub now 
a Thai restaurant, liked hearing, liked hearing Pip's vision being challenged and Rex's gentle word. Best line, she might be over... Com- compensating. Compensating. So, now onto our page. And we said, what are your thoughts on current storylines? Was Pip's job offer too easy? Are you enjoying the comedy that is the Grundy family? And how do you see Christine's storyline resolving? We just thought that you might like to have a chance to play scriptwriter. Jane Phelan said, Sadly, after about 20 years, I've stopped listening to The Archers. I follow events through Dumpty Dum and that's it. I find the Helen Robb storyline unbearable and can't cope with listening. And as others have said before me, there is so much other stuff going on. Drama and action that is out of character and over the top. Add to that the disappearance of certain characters, the indistinguishable voices and ghastly new pip and basically I'm done. May return, but at present Dumpty Dum is meeting all my archers' needs. Thank you. Oh, Jane, do have another go. Like I've hung in there for the long haul. I've been listening to it for over 20 years and uh, it will come good. In fact, I think it is good at the moment. <laughs> Peter Mabbott said Pip gets a Brazilian, a courageous storyline, but the hilarious consequence of Joe Grundy getting a back sack and crack at Fabrices of Felpersham are priceless. Catherine Baton says, I think the storylines feel like they are marking time before the next big thing. Perhaps a conscious decision to try and explore character and bed down the new people. I'm not convinced it's really working from a storyline perspective. Having said that, I do think the recent stuff has been well written in terms of handling the material, even though the stories are not winning for me. Um, I was just going to get Jim Bay to read the next one, but I'm not because there's a swear word. Diane Telford says, I don't care about soggy Auntie Carpool because she has hardly been in it for years. New Pip can foof off. That was the rude word, Jembe. Not a fan of Eddie doing his Del Boy act. Uh, you can read the next one. I want to know how long it will be before Stefan's bones clog up the anaerobic digester. Dear Leary, I agree about the Grundies. It's all getting a bit last of the summer. Wind up at Gay Gables. Gay Gables. Oh, and I have to read the next one. Dear Leary also said, Waste Tiara and pisses off at New Pip. New, Rachel Louise says, New Pip is utterly unbearable and I would love her to go to Brazil and not return. And Robin Winning, what does he say? I have officially achieved maximum funny Grundy. Is this an English thing? Is the mere, mere. mere fact that they are working class supposed to be funny? I don't get it. And finally, would you like to finish off? Ruth Simpson, what does she say? Pip gets the first job she applies for as soon as the, to be a graduate unrealistic. So how? How so? I'm sure that happens to loads of people. Lol. <laughs> so that's it from me and Jembe. And I'll be back with you next week. Hooroo. Bye. <laughs> Didn't that just warm the cockles of your heart? <laughs> uh, and whilst your cockles are still warm, Lucy. Yes. Why don't you give us your hashtag, The Archers Tweets of the Week. Okay. Uh, the Starchers said, When I go down to breakfast at a country house hotel, I generally avoid any table at which a tramp is sitting. <laughs> because Eddie was described as dressed as a tramp. And uh, there was a, t- a little com- a d- little uh, two-hander conversation that made me laugh between Worcester Yokel and Lady Danny Marinick. And Worcester Yokel said... What's Pam Ayres doing in bed with Eddie? And Lady Danny Marinick said, <laughs> wishing she'd looked after her teeth. <laughs> um, and Judith Kerr, G, said, And take that key away from the neighbour roof, then we won't have to keep having to dash up north. <laughs> yes, just leave her there on the bathroom floor. 
No, that's not very kind, is it? Um, Gore Blimey said, Love how Susan reacts to Charlie Thomas as if Paul Hollywood had just walked in shirtless and smeared in baby oil. Um, and... <laughs> Keith, there's loads of these. Sorry, there's way more than there should be. Uh, Keith Dowsett said, Your unprotected mm-hmm. homesteads are not safe. We will sack and pillage just for fun. Hashtag buttons are coming. Um, and <laughs> Andrew Davidson said, Would you serve the pie, Ruth? Or is that beyond you like all the other things that a real woman like me can do so well? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Goddess Diva is Tweet of the Week. Small children. Small children, block up your ears. Goddess Diva said, brace yourself. If Pip wants to impress Toby, she should ditch the running and practice giving blowjobs with a pint on her head. Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) She added oi oi at the end, which I don't think it really needed. (laughs) But yes, there we are. I would have expected such a... Such a tweet from such a feminist. I think she's being sarcastic, i.e. that's the only woman that somebody like Rex and Toby is interested in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for pointing out the irony of that. Thank you. (laughs) Now, Lucy. Yes! Oh, Oh, is it shop news? You've preempted me. Thank God for that. I was thought for one horrible (laughs) minute we'd missed it. (laughs) Yes, folks, it's that time where people tell us what they've purchased from our shop. And this week, um, you bought some stuff. Well, one person has, and that person is... Pamela Donaldson, who is the proud owner of a Hello You Too t-shirt. And you can buy one too by going to dumdydum.com forward slash shop. Or, probably even better still, because there's issues to do with the layout of of the shop, which are now to do with us. You just go to cafepress.com forward slash dumdydum. And you just go straight to the straight to the shop. So so that's that. Um, now, uh, w- whilst we're talking about uh, websites and everything, folks, by hook or by crook, this website will be live next week. That we have a little bit of a problem with uh, the little bit, which means that people who have logged on to the website, who are the listeners or caller inners, can actually create content. You can do it, but we can't figure out where and how to put the link. So you can actually write your blogs or write features about the archers. When that is done, then it will be live. But it will be live by hook or by crook by next week. So thank you for like you know, for your patience. And so many people have sent little messages saying, oh God, it looks really good and everything. And Whee! yes, thank you. Just give us a little bit longer and it will be live. Now, has any website in the history of websites, which probably is about three years, ever gone live when people said it was going to go live it never happens does it i've written loads that have never happened we've never had one up at the right time no no, no it's true it's, it's even if you give yourself an extra fortnight you're still a fortnight over it just happens yeah no 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 it's it's that 80 20 rule where 80 percent of the visible work gets done in 20 percent of the time and yeah. the last 20 percent takes 80 percent and it's totally annoying because <laughs> yeah. you go well it's almost yeah, ready yeah. you know I and you say, oh, it looks done then and you go yeah but don't click on anything because yeah, nothing goes it anywhere work. yeah <laughs> well, you but, just go um, around in some endless loop well jesse i'm gonna jesse is over in san francisco and i'm gonna uh get him to try and figure this thing out in the next couple of days so we can get this thing live uh because um we need to get it live yeah because you've all invested in it so yes. there you go now it's the best section of all of the lucy's monologue it's reviews news 
reviews, news, news, news of reviews. reviews, and we were only by the. You know when I type this, mm-hmm. we were eight away. Yeah. Since we've been doing the show, we're now seven away. Really big. Yep. Somebody's Yay. written a review, so I had to, I had to add it on, which I have done. So we're seven away from the big two hundred in the UK. Yes, we are that close, and these lovely people have helped to get us closer to our goal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's all right. I lost my place. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> it now follows a selection of music from the student prince. Uh, oh, yes. Um, Scarlet Sparrow 1. Lady Garth Garth. SA62. And from the colony that got away, a rather brutal review on me from... TWTW. I don't think we should Ouch. mention that if they Oh, it's horrible. fine. It's fine. They listen to the show. They listen every week. They've been listening from episode one. Well, it's fine. Then. You can't please everybody all of the time, Lucy. No, okay. And I, I fully appreciate that um, some people don't get uh, the kind of ramblings because they're like, well, why don't they just talk about the arches? And I'm like, well, it's a podcast and it's a fan's podcast. We don't claim to be experts and it's supposed to be a cosy chat and that's the reason why the community is so important. Yeah. You know, and, and to emphasise that, how many listeners, when they call in, say, this is what I've been doing this week? Yeah. Because it's, it's not lovely. just yeah. about the bloody archers. Yeah. You know, as important as that is. So, can, can we not call uh, it the bloody archers? Because that does... <laughs> That does well. Well, <laughs> well no, I've, re- I've I've probably revealed my, my true feelings to this review there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it we still got some stars, and it's a valid viewpoint. It's not yep. one I necessarily agree with. No, but uh, forum TW... for free speech. Exactly. Yeah. Now, TWTW did say though, Lucy. Yes. That um, why don't you get a new co-host or just go solo? Who should? Me? You, yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to. What does he mean? Who says it's a he? Or she? It's probably a they. In these times of, you know, <laughs> ge- <laughs> gender multiplicity, let's just say it's a they. Anyway, we also want to thank... Uh, John Burns. Cedar Master. And, and... Deep Space Object. Blimey. For reviewing Sam Bridges on iTunes as we asked you to do last week. Yes, because well she oh, just she's brilliant. Yeah. she's brilliant, and yeah. uh, she's been hiding her light underneath the bushel, we're not actually telling us that she'll actually put them up on iTunes, and uh, she needs those reviews because it means that more people will get to listen to her show. Uh, remember, you can be awarded the Order of John Archer by emailing us if your name is John, or you can prove that you have a real link to a gentleman who goes by the name of John, and you will be knighted John the Eighth. This week, I've got my sword out for Kate Nichols' father, as she said, as she emailed us to say, "I wish to claim John the Seventh for my dad, whose name is John, and he was a dairy farmer until he retired. He doesn't listen to the Archers anymore, but I keep him up to date with what's happening. It drives Mum mad." Uh, I just want to mention also that my name is Kate. I hope I am nothing like Mrs. Madikane. This week I have been mainly getting Toby, or was it Rex, and Adam muddled up. I thought it was bad enough with Tom and Charlie, but now I do really need those introductions. And I've just thought, if your father, and she sent us a lovely picture of him, which I'm going to put up on mm. Twitter, uh, was a dairy farmer, he can tell us about the cows oh, yes. and how you stop them shagging members of the mm. family. Yes, I mean, their own family, not other people's family. Which would um, be totally fine. You can all... 
You can also go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Now, if you've done all of the above, why don't you just reward yourself by clicking on the donate button on dumptydum.com. And this week's donators were... Andrew and Glyn, full of love yet again. Now remember, you can Yay. also send us a voice message via the site, or you can call us on 0203 from an ordinary phone to leave us a message. Uh, you can also ping us an email if you like, if you go to dumdydum.com, or you can tweet me on the Twitters where I'm at Royfield. Uh, me at Lucy V. Freeman. Or the both of us at dumdydum, or... Sarah Smith at Sarah underscore Smith. So please, please, please keep those reviews coming because you want to be top of the podcast charts before Kate develops a weird purple patch on her back. You're filthy, Lucy. <laughs> Absolutely filthy. It wasn't me. Loads of people on Twitter said that. So you plagiarised somebody else's witticism. I did. No, I have to. If it's that rude, I have to make sure that everyone, other people have said it so people can't say it's not just me lowering the tone. <laughs> fair enough fair enough she is absolutely such a dread a dread she's a dreadful mother she's a dreadful daughter yeah. she's a dreadful, she's a human dreadful being. sister oh crumbs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a dreadful student but jenny darling loves her well no that's a mother's love though isn't it mm-hmm. anyway um on that note i just want to say special thanks to claire steep on the book of faith for discovering this rather funny Reiner Hirsch piece of gold. The other people I have to say hello to are the people who are listening on Radio 3. Radio 3. Yeah, it's going to be part of their new panto season. Actually, we've got a bit of a nasty surprise for anybody that tunes into Radio 3 in the next 20 seconds. falling in the sky is falling in <laughs> do you know ladies and gentlemen that there are copycat programs to the archers all around the world if they're not careful at the BBC they get Russian spies going through the rubbish bins looking for the scripts there is a Russian version of the archers did you know that and this is their theme tune That's very good. You know, you thank you, Claire. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it really good, Lucy. It's really good. Who is playing the piprano in the background? That's my issue. Is it? She's very mm-hmm. good. She's mm. doing her scales, isn't she? Um, well, I've got the headphones in, so I actually can't hear. No, she's not doing scales. She's, uh, no, she's not. She's doing a tune, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's doing a tune. I now. forgot to say, mm. do you, I, you won't be watching it. I'm not watching it, but I have sort of have to for work. But you know, um, Home Fires on ITV. No, there's a program called Home Fires on ITV on a Sunday. It's Warm Bath TV, uh, nine o'clock on Sunday evening, 
Mm. Uh, and it's about the Women's Institute in the war. And one of the lead characters in it is Daisy Badger, who plays Pip. Ah. And she's excellent, actually. And the, and the WI mm-hmm. is 100 last week. Yes. Mm. The WI is a fantastic institution. Have you, are you a member of the WI? I used to be. I'm not anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Although there is one just started in Walthamstow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the waiting list is now so ginormous they've had to close the list because so many people want to join. God. But they do really, they do really, really, you know, really interesting things. People think, oh, it's all jam and Jerusalem and raffles and all that. And it's not at all. They do amazing things. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market